Nearly seven years ago, the 21st Century Cures Act was signed into law with the aim of bringing new healthcare innovations faster and more efficiently to patients who need them. In an effort to further the goals of the Cures Act, the Department of Health and Human Services Health Technology Division, the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT, or ONC, issued a new proposed rule in April called Health Data, Technology and Interoperability, Certification Program Updates, Algorithm Transparency and Information information sharing, better known as HTI-1. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. It's Monday, June 5th. Last week, we heard the first part of my conversation with Mickey Tripathi, National Coordinator for Health Information Technology at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. During that conversation, we talked more about how the proposed HTI-1 rule aims to increase interoperability in the healthcare industry. Here in part two, we'll discuss some of the proposed transparency guidelines in HTI-1 for the use of artificial intelligence algorithms by electronic health record companies. But before we get started, like last week. In today's episode, you'll hear some acronyms that are used to describe parts of HTI-1, as well as other provisions that are part of the 21st Century Cures Act. Namely, QHINs, which are Qualified Health Information Networks and include organizations that work together to share data. In February, ONC announced the inaugural group of six companies that will serve as QHINs. That group includes EHR giant Epic Systems through its interoperability wing, data sharing platform Health Gorilla, Commonwealth Health Alliance, which operates a health information exchange network, healthcare interoperability platform No2, eHealth Exchange, a platform that connects federal agencies and non-federal healthcare organizations, and CONSA, a national health information exchange and analytics company. These QHINs are integral to the Trusted Exchange Framework and Common Agreement, or TEFCA, which was established as part of the 21st Century Cures Act, the goal of which is to establish a universal floor for interoperability across the country. And Mickey picks up from last week's conversation with a closer look at TEFCA. TEFCA is a whole other thing. It's it's outside of HTI-1 because um, you know, it isn't a part of rulemaking, but that's nationwide network interoperability. So we launched on February 13th. We had a big announcement, big public announcement with Secretary Becerra and a number of agency heads about um, six organizations who have volunteered to implement this nationwide network. And the analogy I like to use is like with cell phones. This would be like, you know, AT&T and Verizon and T-Mobile and Sprint not being connected really. And now being able to say, well, wait a minute, we were going to connect, we're going to connect those so that we as a user have the experience of it being a single network regardless of which network you're in, regardless of which render you're using. So they've they've committed to going live before the end of this calendar year. And, you know, that I think will be a huge sort of step forward for the industry of being able to have true, you know, sort of nationwide coast-to-coast capability for um, network-based interoperability. Let's take a quick sidestep away from HTI-1 just to talk about TEFCA. As you mentioned, it's not a part of rulemaking, but it is a critical component of interoperability. What will you be watching for as that initial group of six organizations begin implementing it? Yeah, I mean, I think a couple of things. One is, you know, even just thinking about the six is you've got these six, but there are more in the pipeline. The intention isn't to stop at six. Um, and so, you know, a part of being able to gauge, are we being successful here at not or not, is are other people lining up? 
are they queuing up? And the good news is they are. There are other organizations that, you know, that have either submitted applications and are now in the process or have publicly announced since those first six were announced that they intend to become QEMs. So that's, you know, that's one thing that we're looking at is, is there interest and is there increasing interest? The other is, you know, this is really an implementation year. So that's really about, you know, saying, have they um, gone through the implementation steps, security reviews, interoperability checks, all of that, that they actually can bring their technology um, live before the end of the calendar year. And that, um, uh, you know, we've, our, our nonprofit partner at the Sequoia Project is doing a lot of work with them on a whole set of intermediate milestones to make sure that, you know, they're kind of going through those steps. So right now we're, you know, very optimistic and, you know, and it's looking good in terms of, you know, their commitment. And that's what those organizations committed to. The other thing I think that we're going to be looking at is, um, is the adoption by their network participants. Because one of the subtleties of TEFCA is, you know, you've got the provider or the network saying, that, you know, yes, we as a network agree that we will connect up with the other network, but every user has to decide whether they're going to uh, actually do it. And there's like a separate, you know, agreement that they'll have to sign that says, yes, I'm signing off for TEFCA. So that's like the next gen, but that's like the next level push. And so that's one thing we're closely tracking and, you know, we'll be watching closely to see, are those networks actually doing the work to push their participants to join TEFCA and be part of TEFCA? And, um, and how successful are they being? Like what percent of their participants are actually, you know, saying, yes, I'll sign and are, you know, actively then connected. Let's pivot back to HTI-1 and talk about artificial intelligence. You know, providers and healthcare systems have begun examining or even adopting AI technology. And HTI-1 addresses AI as part of the rule. Can you talk more about what's being proposed here and really why ONC and, of course, other governmental agencies are keen on addressing this soon? So, yeah, a couple of things. Um, one is that, um, you know, that uh, as it relates to AI and healthcare, electronic health records, it turns out, are playing a bigger and bigger role in, um, we think of it, you know, there's at least three ways in which that's true. One is that they are increasingly the source of the data that these algorithms are trained on, right? Which is the basis of creating an algorithm. You need to start with your training data set and, um, and building the algorithm from there. And increasingly, EHRs are like a key part of that data that they're, you know, that they're drawing from. The second is that EHRs are increasingly providing tooling, like no-code, low-code kinds of tooling for people to be able to tune algorithms that are brought into the system. So people are actually tweaking algorithms using the EHR system itself. And then finally, EHRs, regardless of where that algorithm came from, are increasingly the, you know, sort of where the rubber hits the road in terms of AI results actually affecting patients' lives. Because that's where it is, you know, putting something in front of that physician that says that that mammogram looks like, or that tumor, whatever it is, looks like it might be cancerous or may not be cancerous, right? Or, you know, this person should be scheduled during these times because, you know, their likelihood of showing up is much better than, you know, than not. Or, you know, whatever it is. Um, there's all sorts of ways in which algorithms can be incorporated, but the it gets incorporated in the EHR workflow and that's where people actually make decisions. So it's kind of, you know, thinking about those three that ONC has, you know, kind of stepped in and said, all right, there's something that we need to be providing here in terms of, uh, you know, some ability for, you know, two things. One, from our perspective, all with an eye toward transparency. So we don't want to, uh, and this is ONC, 
Um, you know, FDA, for example, does regulate AI if it is a part of software as a medical device. ONC has no intention right now of regulating those AI solutions themselves unless they qualify to certified health and information technology on their own. But what we are doing is in HTI1 are saying a couple of things. One is EHR vendors are required to be transparent about the algorithms that are incorporated in their systems. And so um, that uh, means that they uh, are required to make available to their customers basically a list of here's all the algorithms that are in this system, whether it was developed by the vendor themselves or by another vendor and they've you know plugged it in, whatever that is, but it's being made available through their EHR system. They're required to provide that information to the customer. And they're also required to provide a certain set of information that describes the algorithm that can help guide the um, the uh, user about you know whether that algorithm is actually appropriate to the setting that they're in. So people in the industry call this like a nutrition label or a model card or a nutrition label for algorithms of just you know how do I even know what this algorithm where it came from. So we propose like 12 to 14 types of data that should be provided. Um, and that's one of the things we want industry feedback on. Um, you know, is this the right set of things? And I think you know the hope is that that you know does uh, does a number of things. One is that it uh, provides greater transparency for the appropriateness of an algorithm. This algorithm was developed at Mayo Clinic, let's say, which has a certain patient population. I am now you know sitting here in San Juan, Puerto Rico, hospital. How do I know whether that algorithm is actually uh, appropriate for my patient population here, which may be very different? Um, in certain ways from, you know, from that other one. So provide information on where the data, where the algorithm came from, who paid for it, what was it designed to do, what are known risks, what are performance characteristics of it, um, to the extent that those have been measured, where was the, what was the training data set that was used, how stale is the data, that, you know, the, how far away are we from that first version. Um, so a number of things that we're proposing should be made available to the user. So we think that that'll, you know, do a number of things. One is it'll raise you know, sort of the bar on having higher quality algorithms made available in systems. Because what that'll do is hopefully people will look at that and be able to say, oh, well, this algorithm either, you know, if they can't provide that information to me, shouldn't I be cautious about using this algorithm? If they can't tell me how old the data is that it was, you know, trained on or where it was trained or are there health equity issues, you know, maybe I shouldn't be using that. And hopefully the, the higher quality algorithms will, will bubble to the top. Um, and that hopefully that'll have like an industry spillover effect. We also hope that what that'll do will motivate a more standardized way of representing that nutrition label. We're not dictating a standard for the nutrition label, but we are sort of saying, give us ideas on what that should look like. And then whatever we settle on for um, our final rule will be used by EHR vendors. And maybe that'll be something that spills over into the market in general to say, hey, this is a good way of representing that information. So anyway, then the second thing we require is that um, or propose is that EHR vendors have some type of risk management process for incorporation of algorithms in their systems. So we don't dictate what that is. We just say you're required to have some kind of um, risk management process that governs how you even decide which algorithm should be incorporated or not. And then you need to make that process publicly available. You don't need to make publicly available you know, which algorithms you're using. That might be proprietary. That's okay. But you do need to make available to everyone uh, you know, sort of the process that you use for deciding that.
we're still in the public comment period. Um, and so I'm curious, generally, what have you learned so far from your constituent groups? What kind of feedback have you received that's maybe going to influence or even reaffirm what's in HTI-1? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is really early. Um, and it kind of came at a busy time. And we appreciate it's a big rule. It's, you know, 550 pages. So, um, but that, I mean, I think in general, the feedback has been um, has been pretty positive. I mean, we're trying to be pretty responsive to market. So on things like you know moving forward with the standards, like data standards, as well as you know as well as the fire, uh, further bolstering the fire capabilities. I think that there's you know a lot of um, industry uh, you know kind of um, a desire for us to keep moving forward on that, and they know that it's only ONC regulation that makes that consistent across the country. I mean, you know, different people will do different things, but if you want consistency. It's only regulation that you know cuts across all markets. I think in the area of algorithms, so far, you know, the feedback has been relatively positive in the sense that people um, recognize now certainly that you know, there is a need for something in the way of you know governance or transparency around this stuff, and particularly as it relates to healthcare. And so I think so far, you know, the early feedback is you know people appreciate that we've taken sort of a judicious kind of approach to this, which is to say let's focus on not on whether you should use an algorithm or not. Or whether ONC is going to, you know, judge whether that algorithm is a good algorithm or a bad algorithm or an approved algorithm or a disapproved algorithm, but provide the information to the users so that they can make the determination for themselves. And let's empower the users themselves because they're the experts and they're the ones who know. You know, ONC doesn't know what a good algorithm is, but you know, clinical users put them in a position where they can determine what a good algorithm is. Um, I think there's been some appreciation of that. You know, one of the areas that I think is causing some concern and certainly, you know, is where we're looking for comment that we haven't really talked about is there is a whole section related to patient requests for restrictions of information. Because for interoperability, you know, I want to be able to go into the portal and say, I don't want you to share this information with any other providers. And we have a proposal that sort of, you know, that says that EHR vendors should create a capability for a patient to be able to request a certain set of restrictions and that that would essentially allow the filtering of that data from going anywhere else. Um, we also, I will, you know, say that we've, we also recognize that that is really complicated um, and it's not really just a technology issue. And so we've, you know, been clear, I think in the rule that we're really looking for comment. We really feel like, you know, that's what we're doing is really asking the industry to comment on that. Um, we've gotten a lot of feedback on that because, you know, this has been a longstanding issue in industry. It's not something that somebody can wave their hand and fix it overnight. And so there are a lot of questions about, hey, you know, you guys know that this isn't a technology issue, um, yet you've got it in your role. What's, you know, what's going on with that? So anyway, um, that's, you know, that's certainly one area that we've heard a lot about as well. That was Mickey Tripathi, National Coordinator for Health Information Technology at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. He joined me to talk more about ONC's proposed HTI-1 rule, which aims to increase interoperability and clarify the use of artificial intelligence in healthcare. The public comment period for the HTI-1 proposed rule goes through June 20th. You can find the first half of our conversation on GIST's website.
This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jake Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. We'll be back with healthcare business and policy news updates tomorrow, as always, in 10 minutes or less. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at gisthealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The Gist Healthcare Daily Podcast is an independent production of Gist Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.